Hey, Real Talkers, this episode is all about optics. Like, how bad is it when the federal NDP leader, that's the working class party, rocks a Versace tote bag in public? Or does it matter at all? What about when the mayor of Calgary pulls out of a Hanukkah celebration? And, oh, and by the way, around the world, why are everyday moderates leaving the left? We get into all of it with National Post columnist Tristan Hopper. This is a Relay Project. Real Talk starts right now. Here's Ryan Jesperson. We're asking a hard-hitting question on today's episode of Real Talk, and that is, can you advocate for the poor? Can you advocate for the middle class and still like nice things. Tristan Hopper, correspondent for the National Post, is going to join us in just a couple of minutes to talk about a column of his that went viral. Everybody was talking about it across the country. It was basically a week in the life of Jagmeet Singh's Versace bag. You know, the leader of the federal NDP. If you don't know by now, you've not been paying attention to either of the past two federal election campaigns. He drives a BMW. He's got a couple of Rolex watches in his collection. and He dresses well. Well, he might actually be Canada's best-dressed parliamentarian. I mean, he's certainly on the short list, and whether or not he's your flavor of politician, whether or not your political perspectives align with his, I'm hoping today we can have a candid conversation about what matters in the optics of politics and what doesn't. Now, in the optics of politics, of course, there's what's happening down in Calgary this week as well. As that city's mayor, you know, Dr. Jody Gondek pulled out of her commitment to attend the city's menorah lighting. It was on the 7th of this month at City Hall. She says that the event got a little too political. She says she was misled about the focus of the event. And while she just wasn't in a position to feel comfortable attending an event that said it was celebrating support of Israel. She's facing fire for that. We talked about it on the show yesterday, and it prompted feedback from a bunch of you, including Lynn, who's just written us an email like 10 minutes before we started doing the show. I've already replied to Lynn to let her know that she's going to hear her words represented on today's episode. I'm going to ask Tristan what he thinks about it as well. That in just a quick second. But first, we wanted to let you know that if you're in charge of safety training when it comes to your company, if you're looking to get your team the industry's best safety training. Danatech's been Alberta's safety training leader for more than 30 years. Their courses are designed by experts with real on-the-job experience, so they're actually going to make a difference on your team's job site. You can save lost time injuries. You can stay compliant with changing regulations. As you know, that's not an option. You got to do it. Plus, you'll save money on training with Danatech. Big companies across Canada are using Danatech's Wemis, TDG, electrical, and lifting device courses for good reason. And they've got a catalog of more than 150 courses across all industries. If this is resonating with you, if this is right up your alley, you can visit danatech.com today to check out their courses and find out more about bulk discounts. Don Braid, in a scathing column in the Calgary Herald, announces that she's not fit to be mayor. I am really loath to call everybody who's on the wrong side of some issue I have politically an anti-Semite. You keep saying that, and you keep throwing that term out. It ceases to have any meaning. Anti-Semitism is Jew hatred. That is G-damn 
serious. Don't be using it casually. Don't be using it frivolously. And don't be using it frequently. If I'm running her comms, um, it's very easy for any politician, let alone a mayor, a premier, a prime minister, uh, to pull out of an event citing a scheduling conflict. Like, that's really easy. Um, and people might say, well, you're lying. Not really. Uh, well, you are, but you're politicking and politicking and lying. There are shades of gray. Uh, you create a scheduling conflict. You cite a scheduling conflict, and that's it. Um, I mean, she released a statement basically saying that she was disappointed, the politics of it. She was misled. She can't support it. And that's where I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, I, I, I can't understand and i don't think that the mayor writes her own releases uh whoever wrote that release i don't understand like there's a lot of ways for me to say i don't want to get in a ring with a rhinoceros without saying you know i don't feel like getting gordon getting my ass kicked i cite a scheduling conflict unity supporting israel and jewish pride well i mean so you can go okay well supporting israel uh you know, maybe maybe she found that the mayor found that to be to be optically inconvenient. I mean, what do you expect? What do you kind of expected to say? Pro-Israel means pro the existence of the state of Israel. That's what you say. It, that's what you say it means. That's what it means to you. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, maybe. What does the it mean to you? Well, well, I'm just saying maybe the mayor doesn't see it that way. Maybe the mayor or maybe someone on the mayor's staff has convinced her that supporting Israel means supporting what's happening in Gaza right now. I mean, supporting, okay. right? Do you know what I'm saying? So this is why politically, it just, to me, seemed like something they shouldn't have bitten off. And if she wasn't going to attend it, then I know this makes me sound cynical, but it's how politics work. Cite a scheduling yeah. conflict and move on. That was me with Charles Adler on Monday's episode of Real Talk as we welcome Tristan Hopper to the show, a national columnist based on the West Coast with Canada's National Post. It's nice to see your face again, man. Welcome back to the show. Oh, thanks for having me. What? No one else calls. No one so else it's calls. To, this, this counts as a human interaction. <laughs> I'm basically leaving the house. Does the post tell you that you have to have like a minimal minimum amount of, of, of uh, human interactions per week? You get to notch this one down? Oh, have you seen the people who work for the National Post? We have very low standards <laughs> for what we expect for our employees. Okay. I'm going to get to Lynn's email in just a second on my exchange with Adler about Mayor Jody Gondek and the, the fire she's facing for, for pulling out of her involvement in this menorah lighting what do you think and 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 pull out your flamethrower if you need to i mean pull no punches what do you think about if i was her chief of staff or if i was her director of comms my plan where you cite a scheduling conflict as opposed to releasing a lengthy statement basically calling out every jewish person in calgary i mean that's kind of how it landed yeah that, that was kind of a bad it was sort of the argument i heard uh i'm in victoria and we were one of the first places to tear down a statue of sir johnny mcdonald and that that was about four or five years ago and yeah i heard from a lot of city hall insiders and they said well it would have been the easiest thing in the world to just say oh you know he's kind of blocking the entrance we're going to repaint this you know we're just going to move this statue out of the way and then accidentally on purpose forget to put it back that would be really easy but no, we had to have some huge thing, grandstanding, and invite the press, and you know, cinch him out by his neck. Uh, so yeah, if if uh, obviously you, you know you were trying to sort of grandstand and get as much attention out of this as possible, um, so you know she got her wish, uh, a lot of attention. I will note um, that this is I, I was looking at sort of incidents all across the Western world, Europe, uh, North America, uh, of people sort of pulling out of Hanukkah events because they thought it sort of had um, 
you know, political connotations. And there's been incidents sort of like this, uh, where someone, you know, some public official maybe peripherally connected to the conflict, doesn't really know much about Hanukkah, will sort of think it's too hot to touch. But I will say, uh, Jody Gondek, uh, this is sort of beyond the pale. Nothing has really happened like this uh, to that extreme, where she's pulled out and then said this is, you know, basically framed it as some sort of pro-genocide um, event that she has to avoid at all costs. So, yeah, Calgary has sort of come out on top on this one. Yeah, it was... In terms of... Uh, yeah how dramatic it became yeah it's uh it's it, it it feels sort of more important now than ever and it's 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 like tough position for politicians well she she, right she came out and she said well i don't want to i don't want to take a side here i, I gotta remain neutral i would co contrast that with uh germany where chancellor olaf Scholz comes out uh he's the first german chancellor he lights a giant menorah right in front of the brandenburg gate you know very symbolic this is you know used to be the heart of nazism and he says uh, i am taking a side i'm on you know the side of the whatever side is against tomas as, as clearly as possible now there's probably people screaming at their screens saying you know it's it's not not necessarily a pro anti-hamas but uh i don't know i i, I guess uh it's it's strange that it was very easy to take a side uncontroversially on this and she couldn't do it yeah, this is, we'll read a portion of her statement. Johnny has it up on the screen right now for people watching on YouTube. Says uh, the mayor, by way of this statement, it's come to my attention, you know, that the menorah lighting at City Hall, something I have looked forward to attending over the years, has been repositioned as an event to support Israel. She says, oh, when I was asked to speak weeks ago, it was to bring traditional greetings celebrating Hanukkah, you know, the spirit of Calgary's Jewish community. The last minute change goes against the original intention and has left me feeling let down by leadership. I am saddened that this change makes it impossible for me to okay, attend so the swap event. out swap out every mention of israel with ukraine how many ukrainian events you know we, it's alberta you've got uh, you know you've got your pierogi suppers and stuff how many of those in last year you know suddenly started having you know a line we hope for ukrainian victory you know uh, something something related to the war happening in ukraine um so how many people pulled out of a pierogi supper or some you traditional Ukrainian event because they said, well, it's politicized now. You guys are mentioning you, you're asking me to take a side uh, in the Russia Ukrainian war, and I feel betrayed. Um, that never happened because that would be crazy. Um, so, you know, I would ask people to consider what's different in this case. Yeah. Well, well, okay. So we went there briefly on yesterday's show because I, I think that, of course, you could have all kinds of situations. Like yesterday, our hypothetical was, let's say, a Russian Orthodox church. Mm -hmm. uh, invites a politician to and 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 again I apologize yesterday I'll apologize today uh, I don't know a whole lot about Russian Orthodox traditions I don't know I what think they stand they I, don't do pews I think they say I, I, mm. yeah something I I know that like kind of the whole reason that the NHL had the pride jersey problem was was Russian players uh, some of them Ivan Provorov talking about his Russian Orthodox tradition so I suspect they're a little rigid on their progressivism uh, but but I digress that's not the point if a Russian Orthodox church is hosting some sort of a, a Christmas or holiday event or whatever they call it, and a politician that has attended it for years uh, was intending on attending now, but the poster said 
supporting Russia on the poster, then obviously that politician wouldn't go. And so I wonder if in this case, it's the poster from the menorah lighting here that says supporting Israel in the middle that maybe turns off the mayor. But here's my point. And the reason why we only touched on it briefly on yesterday's show, Tristan, and here's real talk, is because as we were doing it, I'm going, you know, we might be walking onto a landmine here. I'm not so convinced that you can compare Palestine and Russia, right? I'm not so sure that it's the same thing. Whereas right now it would be, it it is the easiest thing in the world for a politician to put a Ukrainian flag up or to put a Ukrainian flag in their bio on Twitter or to wear a Ukrainian lapel pin. You go ahead and try to wear a Russian lapel pin right now or fly a Russian flag at your office. I mean, you'd, you'd, you'd be ostracized. You'd have, you'd, you'd have you know pitchforks and torches outside your office. You could never get away with it. So what's the difference? The difference probably is that the global community, and again, I'm dumbing this down in the shallow end of the pool, but the global end of the community sees the average Palestinian as in a very different circumstance than the average Russian, right? They don't see, perhaps you could draw comparisons between Hamas and Putin. I mean, we should have Harvard PhDs doing that if we're going to try it. But it's a no, no, not Harvard. But pick one of the other you know, that's less a, anti-Semitic universities. That's right. Well, who's left? I mean, everybody's under yeah. fire right now. Uh, but but at the same time, politicians will put and are putting Palestinian flags in their Twitter bios. Like I don't think yeah. you can. I don't think you can. Maybe go Ukraine and Israel in a way. But for a lot of people, nobody thinks that Ukraine is the aggressor. Nobody does. But when you're taking a look at the conflict, uh, Israel Hamas, this war. A lot of people believe Hamas is the aggressor. Look what they did on October 7th. A lot of other people are like, Israel is the colonizer. Israel I think it's a, is just, the Just occupier. a difference in strength. I'm sure if Ukraine if Ukraine was actually able to, you know, take back Crimea and start taking over Russian territory, which I could argue is justified for all number of reasons, uh, yeah, people would turn. I think, I, th- I think people are just seeing sort of a power differential uh, and sort of making a decision based on that rather than, you know, some of the underlying morality. But uh, I mean, yeah, if you're, if you're comparing them, I mean, the Russia Ukrainian war has been devastating to the Russian people, you know, hundreds of thousands of young men sort of drafted and sent into machine gun fire. Um, so, but yeah, it is, it would be obscene to host or put up a Russian flag in memory of, you know, all those young men drafted and sent into machine gun fire because they started the war. Um, so I, I, you know, you could argue that, that, also applies in the uh, Israel-Hamas conflict. Anyway, but supporting Israel uh, on, on the poster, um, I guess if it said, hey, uh, you know, it, it, by showing up, uh, you support, you know, Israel's plan to, you know, completely crush uh, Hamas or something. I don't know. I, I, I assume they put it in there just because this war started by Israel just minding its own business and suddenly having this attempted genocide in the southern border. So, I don't know. It's it seems strange to me that you would ask a demographic community not to acknowledge that in any way, shape or form at a Hanukkah commemoration. I know we don't know much about Hanukkah. It's Jewish Christmas, but this is the circumstances of Hanukkah are very similar. This was um, it's not like Christmas in which just a baby is born in a manger. I mean, right. this was a, a conflict against the Jews that they triumphed on. So uh, I would argue it's entirely appropriate to mention in the most basic watered down vanilla terms oh by the way there's a jewish state and we kind of we're on that side being jews 
Um, so I, I don't know. You, you, you can argue, you, you, you can have Jody show up and, you know, not mention the conflict, um, you know, not, not take a side. Uh, but I mean, some of the rhetoric out there that this is some hyper politicized, you know, pro-Israel crush Gaza rally. Uh, I mean, it was a child friendly event with, with Latkes. Yeah, I mean, I think that the event itself uh, is is one that the mayor should have been at. I don't blame her. And, and ultimately, it's it's her decision. Like, the, the, you know, I, I've not heard from her mouth, uh, but this doesn't strike me. This strikes me as something where the politician's position, the mayor's position supersedes whatever their chief of staff or chief strategist is telling them. I, it doesn't strike me as a position where they say, hey, listen, like, you know, you could be run out of office for attending this thing. I don't think so. I think if the poster didn't say supporting Israel in a time of war, there would be no problem here. But my well, take is you're also giving her the benefit of the doubt that she's not looking for some kind of excuse to pull out of this. Sure. And then, you know, put it back on the organizers. Yeah, I am. Say, I'm, I, not, I'm not pulling out of this because I hate Hanukkah. You know, you put the Israel thing on, on your poster, which which I think and my, my position on this yesterday and not everybody agrees, but like I'm not wavering on it is that I just think that the statement went way too far. The The statement you know, basically says like I was tricked. I mean, there, there's been responses. Yeah. We cited the cracky juice. Well, and that's you know, so. So that was that was the the whole thing yesterday. Was there was a statement? I wish I could recall, but we mentioned it in yesterday's episode where a spokesperson for a, a significant Jewish organization in Calgary basically said this furthers the stereotype that Jews are conniving, right? That they, we like tricked the mayor into attending the menorah lighting ceremony. Um, no, it's true. You know, they lure you in with latkes, and then if there's an attempted geez. genocide on them, you, you know, they you took our latka but you should take a side against the, Pay the, the price you know the, the, the pro-terrorist genocide yeah uh, by the way somebody says uh, on our live chat that they, they weren't expecting such sarcasm out of the gates they say what a refreshing start with tristan this morning so lynn sent us an email we got it like 10 minutes before you and i started talking today she says good morning i was disappointed by your discussion of the menorah lighting in calgary i completely understand mayor gondek's decision not to attend because of the mention of israel in the promotion of the event she says i read of the significance of the Festival of Lights, just like you were talking about, Tristan. The Festival of Lights and Hope from Rabbi Sandra Lawson uh, in her Substack. You can check it out, rabbisandra.substack.com. With not one mention of Israel, says Lynn, Hanukkah is a Jewish celebration, one that can surely be celebrated by all people, bringing light and hope into darkness. Uh, Lynn says, best wishes to all celebrating light and hope this season, whether they be Jewish, Christian, or other faith traditions. I appreciate that. Just just calm, measured, reasonable take from Lynn, the real talker. Here's the flip side of this. The mayor could have easily attended this, and if anybody ripped her for it, if anybody criticized her for it, it's like, you got to be kidding me. you got to be unhinged, I think, to be targeting yeah. Hanukkah celebrations And also, right what now. are you asking of the Jewish community? So Jewish community is holding, oh, by the way, we, you know, we're having our annual festival, the one Jewish holiday that actual non-Jews show up to because we all think it's Jewish Christmas. It's not actually a major Jewish holiday. We've just decided it is. So this is the one thing, one Jewish thing that all Calgarians do every year. So you have a community, uh, you know, some of them have relatives who are in Israel. So, you know, this, this is something that has affected them directly. And this is all they're thinking about. And they're supposed to hold this major Jewish event. And if you mention the one thing, you know, the, the country filled with Jewish people, that has majorly affected your life and your perceptions of Canada and blah, 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 blah. If you mention that once, it's a politicized event and I'm going to pull out. So it, it's strange that they're not even allowed to mention the word Israel. 
Meanwhile, I can. I sang Oh Come All You Faithful the other day. It contains the word Israel. Yeah. Um, we've got... Uh... Yeah, by the way, I don't want that. I, I, I did let that land. I'm just trying to do some research on the fly here because Kimberly on our live chat. Tristan, have you heard of Super Chat? People can people can sprinkle a few bucks our way and and uh, we make sure that their chat, that their comment is is read if it's appropriate, if they have a comment. It's kind of a neat way that, yeah. that they're, no, they're, yeah, they're able to support something I've been our advocating talk. for a long time. Paying yeah. for your comments. Yeah, paying for I'll comments. I'll take any amount of use. If of you were if you were paid for first. comments on what you do, you'd be joining us from Maui, buddy. I've seen the comments that you're things draw here but but kimberly says and i appreciate this tossing seven bucks our way kimberly thank you very much you just bought johnny a cold pint uh she says can you please address the israel bonds raffle which is further down the flyer uh let me see this i didn't uh real bonds there are israel bonds Did, did you uh did you see this? Are you familiar with this story? Let me read here um there are people talking about gondek pulling out of this thing um including people that are saying the organizers uh, were being protested uh, for celebrating or promoting the fact that they would include a raffle for Israel bonds that activists say will fund the Jewish state's military campaign uh, during what they call a genocide in Gaza. They say that that would have been obscene. These are critics. Okay, so Kimberly, I appreciate you putting that on our on our radar. I'll call activists the poster back say up Everything here related to Israel funds genocide. So, you know, we'll just say that. I mean, Israel bonds, they sold them last year. Uh, so this is this is sort of a feature of the event. Uh, again, this is a Jewish group saying, you know, we're selling uh, bonds for this one Jewish state. So uh, I don't know. I, I, I think it says more about you than about the events. If you think selling bonds for Israel is, is somehow an inherently political move. Well, um, so I'm trying to think of a comparison. Well, but I'm yeah, sure. it, I mean, it's it, it'd be one thing if, you know, you had this, you know, uh, I don't know, a cutout of a tank and people were throwing money into it. And, you know, if we get enough money, we can buy a tank for the IDF. Uh, I mean, uh, this is, uh, these are, uh, these are, it's, it's like, uh, it's the equivalent of a Canada savings bonds, but for Israel. Uh, So again, you're asking this Jewish group not to acknowledge or or support, you know, the one Jewish state in in any way, shape or form um, because people may not like this conflict they're currently waging that they didn't start. Um, So, yeah, I I don't know. Uh, I I, I find it hard to get upset about selling of Israel bonds because if it wasn't the Israel bonds, they're going to find something, some, some product here that used uh, I mean, I, know. I, you know, I mean, I guess here, listen, and so, and, and, and shout out to Kimberly because uh, Kimberly, I had not seen, I've only been yeah, seeing, yeah. please pay for any comments. I'll take any. Yeah. Well, yeah. If, if anybody wants to, to comment on, on Tristan this morning, uh, you can do so. And we'll guarantee we read it for the, for the, for the small bargain mm-hmm. price of, of six ninety nine. What do you think? Nineteen ninety nine. We'll repeat it. Um, but, but shout out to Kimberly. Cause I hadn't seen this part of the, I've only seen cropped parts of the poster, um, so it goes on, uh, talks about who the MC is, a friend of mine, Sue Dial, a great broadcaster on Calgary. Mayor Jody Gondek supposed to be there. Obviously, she pulled out uh, the musicians that will be there, some school choirs, an Israel bonds raffle, and then soup, latkes, and more. Um, uh, yeah, I guess if you, wanted, if you wanted to make this, like, <clears throat> as safe as possible, as tepid as possible, as politically palatable as possible, you could have foregone the Israel bonds raffle and, and instead you could have raised money for Calgary. Well, because they did it last year. So you got to think you're sitting in a room. It's like, well, we did it last year. It wasn't controversial. 
Why yeah, is I it mean, controversial well, this year? Obviously, I mean, we, a very different circumstance, right? Very Israel finds itself in a very different. But listen, I, let me finish my thought here: is that by by selling the Israel bonds raffle and putting supporting Israel in the poster when Israel is at war, you obviously indicate that you're on Israel's side. But at the same time, what do you expect? It's a Hanukkah celebration. It's gathering Calgary's Jewish community together. Like, I, I understand that what's happening to Palestinian people, to innocent civilians, to, to, to children, to the elderly, it's horrific. The whole thing is horrific. I'll reiterate that again and again and again. But, like, Israel was attacked. Israel faced a horrific terror attack. There are still hostages being held. What the hell do you expect Calgary's Jewish community to do? Like, to, to, to pretend like they don't support Israel through this? So, I, I mean, we're bringing this back to the position, the, the predicament that Jody Gandhi deck finds herself in but i don't for one second expect jewish people in calgary to pretend like they're taking a middle ground on this conflict that's that's the most ridiculous thing out of this whole suggestion yeah and it's only because we're sort of hyper focused i can i can point to any number of examples in which there is you know sort of an african conflict um or a conflict in south asia in which you'll have politicians attending an event and you have stuff that's way more extreme and controversial than supporting Israel and we're going to sell these, you know, bonds that we sold last year and nobody takes any notice. So, uh, you know, the argument we often hear for the Jewish community is how come, how come we can't do what everybody else can do because, you know, you don't like, uh, how Israel's waging this current conflict. Yeah, exactly. A hundred percent. Um, okay. Listen, uh, this is a hilarious comment from Sylvia in the chat that she says, uh, is this the topic for the day? Um, in fact, it's not. No, I was supposed to be at, uh, talking about Jagmeet Singh. <laughs> yeah. But I just know you and I have done like 30 interviews, and I know that I can throw absolutely anything at you, and you will be insightful and entertaining, so I just didn't worry about it. I didn't think you'd mind. I got that great email from Lynn, and I just thought I think we got a lead with Gondek. That's been in the news. But let's get to this. We're talking to Tristan Hopper. Uh, he's If you're just joining us, the Mixler live streaming audio app presented by California Closets. Tristan, of course, a national correspondent for Canada's National Post and a piece that you published about a week ago, just over a week ago, the headline, Times Are Tough, I Should Have Been a Prada. Inside the thoughts of Chuckmeat Sings for Saatchi Bag. Uh, absolutely hilarious. Everybody was talking about the column. Congratulations on that. Take us into the story. The federal NDP leader photographed with a bag worth more than most people will spend through the holiday season, to say the least. Yes. So this is some hard hitting journalism of me making up dialogue that yes. didn't happen in the guise of a, uh, I actually advocate strongly for this column not to be included in the National Post, but I've been informed it's in line with our fun-loving brand, so I do it. Uh, but anyway, so often it does quite well, and people seem to like reading news satire, and we don't have to be serious all the time. But yeah, this was this was a photo taken in Vancouver. Jagmeet Singh, NDP leader, was photographed with a Versace bag. Um, I'm not too up on what Versace bags cost, but that bag is anywhere between two and three hundred dollars to. Over a thousand, it's probably in the two or three hundred dollar range. So, this is this is quite on brand for Jagmeet. Um, he's always um, sort of like the finer things. He had that rocking chair that was worth a couple thousand dollars that he obtained through some sort of weird Instagram promotion with the rocking chair company. He drives BMW. He owns two Rolexes. That's something you know that always sort of gets to me. So it, it's. Um, yeah, this this is constantly pointed out that the leader of the federal NDP, which I will remind everyone, is the direct ideological descendant of the Winnipeg general strike, um, is 
is is sort of into luxury products at a level more than any other politician in Ottawa. So uh, this comes up often. It's strange that you could be a party of the working class of of of, of the voiceless and um, be into all these sort of weird luxury goods and not. Uh, I mean, there's there's any number of reasons why you need to, you know, sort of why you might need to fly first class, but something with a Versace bag where um, or a Rolex where you could get away with a dime star alternative and it's still going to be able to tell the time and carry your stuff. So it's in the unnecessarily luxurious. So there's any number of reasons as a politician, you just need to spend more money than the average person because you're busy and you need to get places quickly. But it's I, people are focusing on the bag and on the Rolex and on the BMW because you could drive a Corolla or use a Walmart tote bag or use a Timex, but you're not doing that. Yeah, I'm just uh, currently searching Versace.com. The bag uh, sells for about seven ninety nine on retail sites, but if you buy it directly from Versace, it's around twelve hundred. So twelve hundred. Jeez. Yeah. That's that's yeah. That's way higher than I thought. Well, so, anyway, and I, I'm looking. I, I, I'm looking here, like, uh, yeah, on on Versace.com. Like his is not like a recent model. This is stuff that doesn't matter at all. It's a, but tote, it, it, it's a tote bag. It's yeah. a tote bag. So I'm looking like comp- a Versace computer bag is thirty seven hundred. If anybody's looking for a great Christmas gift, um, the, the the denim tote bag is on sale right now, down from twenty seven hundred. Uh, for for just thirteen hundred Canadian dollars, Tristan. Um, the other men's tote bags twenty four hundred, twelve hundred, uh, twenty four hundred. Okay, so you get the idea. It's not. It's probably that's not a lot a, of money for a bag. It's a lot of money for a bag. But here's but here's the question. Like, who cares? Like, who cares? Do, do, I think it's it's reasonable to ask, uh, I, I think it's reasonable to assert that if you're taking up political causes that are ostensibly representative of the working class, and you live in a world in which, oh, I need something to carry my stuff. Oh, $1,200 seems like a reasonable amount. That um, you're not intensely connected to what those issues might be. And potentially that's reflected in NDP policy. I mean, their sort of main policy now uh, is that groceries are too expensive. So we're going to yell at grocers until prices go down. Um, do you really think expensive. that, do you really think, and, and, and hi, devil's advocate here. Do mm-hmm. you really think that Pierre Poliev understands the struggles of the common person right now no i don't but uh when you're shelling out twelve hundred dollars for a bag that indicates you're not even trying there's like there's nothing in your head saying like maybe i maybe i should just use what the normies use um this is obviously not the bag that my constituency would use i should see what their bag feels yeah but i just think like here i'm just a journalist i work for the national post you know obviously i could get away with just uh you know living this sort of you know privileged bubble existence and i'm I'm sure it wouldn't get in the way of doing my job but um you know if you're ndp leader you should probably consider riding the bus every once in a while um you know T- having a taste of, of what your the life your constituents live because that's probably going to inform uh, how you do business. Yeah, so, I just think that when it, you're the- getting a twelve hundred dollar Versace bag, you're you're aggressively saying. Oh yeah, that's that's not me. I, uh, I I'm up here and you're down there. I mean, the optics of it are interesting. I mean, Pierre Polyev never would. Uh, carry a bag like that. I think he's too smart to do it. I think that his team is too smart to let him do it. Um, I'd be curious to know what like Polyev. He's kind of undergone this this uh, image makeover over the past while, and I I would yeah. this is a, this is a sincere and serious point. I would be really the only curious to know like where does he get his suits? Ever. Yeah, 
Where does he get yeah, his yeah. suits? Like you can get like, does he go to Tip Top and 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 is Pierre Polyev wearing three hundred dollars suits? I doubt it. Um, mm-hmm. He's I, I would imagine like the average like tailored beautiful men's suit is like you know fifteen hundred to twenty five hundred dollars. I would I'd be curious to know if he is and if that would be unpalatable to people. But when you're representing, and I don't want to say that conservatives are representing the rich because the Polyev would never agree with that. They are going to campaign. They're going to win an election on speaking for the I mean, average statistically, middle class person. Increasingly aren't. But and maybe this Versace bag is in, in maybe we get into that. But I'm just yeah. saying the conservative leader would never do it. A union leader is always going to show up to union meetings or rallies with steel toed boots that they haven't really worn in 15 years. Mm-hmm. And everybody yeah. knows that they're making 350, 400,000 a year, but they're going to pretend like they're all fighting for that 80 cent an hour raise. It all comes with the territory. So the Jugmeet Singh thing, I get why wearing the Rolex is a tough look. I get why driving the BMW is a tough look, but also like the guy comes from a background where he has the wealth, he has the privilege, he has the opportunity, and he has the taste to wear them. The question is, does he nail his feet to the floor as a politician for doing it? The answer probably is yes. Uh, yeah. So, I, I mean, if if you're in the audience thinking, well, you know, he should be allowed to do what he wants. I mean, Imagine if he was a religious leader. So if he ran uh, sort of a large mega church, and you know he's he's driving a Rolls Royce to the church, and you know preaching sort of the you know preaching to a, a disproportionately uh, sort of po- poor and vulnerable constituency. Uh, yeah, it would be dissonant if he was aggressively trying to look uh, like he's he's not even part of that constituency. Um, so, you know, making choices like buying an un- obscenely expensive bag when you could have easily gotten away with uh, a lower class bag. Um, so uh, you should yes, also point I, out I, and I don't know if it's relevant or not, but he, he didn't like show up to a rally with the bag. He was captured. He was caught on camera with the bag getting into a vehicle. So I don't know if that makes a difference. You know, I mean, obviously, politicians, everybody, for that matter, you're on camera 24 hours a day uh, when you're out in public, especially if you're a recognizable person. Mm-hmm. You should assume that you'll be photographed. You should assume that whatever you're doing. Could but be made I, I public. do think it will will uh, it will have an effect professionally. So, uh, you, you know, I, I live uh, a, a terrifyingly cheap existence at times. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll try and buy expired food. I'll, I'll go to really <laughs> alarming lengths to save money. And I would say that side of my personality has is it's yielded any number of news insights uh, that maybe a more sheltered Toronto journalist wouldn't have. So when you have an NDP leader um, who is sort of actively deciding not to live in the world that he pretends to represent, I think he's going to have some blind spots. And yeah, uh, if you look at the statistics, um, you mentioned you know conservatives traditionally being seen as the party of rich people. Uh, statistically, when you sort of do polls of Canadians by wealth, they're going in droves away from uh, the NDP towards the conservatives. So you have to ask why that's happening. Mm. It's not entirely because Jagmeet Singh is carrying a Versace bag, but you could argue it's a factor. Yeah. Oh, Johnny found this. So there's the bag. bag. This is on a resale site, American seven fifty, about ten fifty Canadian. I get it. This is your Christmas. This is you subtly letting me know what you're hoping for for Christmas. That would be. I mean, if you want to be like, if you're if you're working on Parliament Hill, that would be a sweet flex to show up to news conferences with that bag, right? Um, Yeah, Tristan. I I think that is. It's kind of interesting, and like you just what you just said resonates. Like not even pretending. 
And that's an interesting thing. I would I want to circle back to this. Can, yeah, can, like can, I'm, hey, getting, can we I'm, keep you I'm, for I'm, a, I'm leading the okay, sorry. No, no, no. I just I, I feel like we're running up against the clock on the time we asked yeah. you for, but I'd love to keep you longer. Do you have any obligations? Can I keep you for 15 more minutes? Like what's your morning looking like? Do you have to do you have to uh, like get kids to school? I know I don't want to put you in a tough spot. Uh never mind that we're doing this live, you know, thousands of people. There's a crying baby a, that might factor. There's a in. crying baby. Okay. Do we yeah. need to attend to the crying baby now? Do you want to? Do you want to take five minutes and well, come back you know, to can, us? I can. I can. I can. I'm sure I can finish the original time slot. Yeah, there's a, there's a whole the thing about like babies can soothe. I'm sure the baby would understand. The the baby will understand. Just explain to the baby national audience. I mean, one of Canada's most downloaded mm-hmm. shows. Real quick, just oh, real okay. quick, Johnny. What what do we fit this in real quick? And then we'll get to some of these comments. But Tristan, more importantly, I want to ask you. You you retweeted something recently. I want to get into it because it's fitting nicely oh. here with people. Maybe if people are migrating and supporters to the conservatives and and that dynamic you also uh reiterated a comment uh, about moderates like middle of the road folks fleeing the left and i think that that's interesting as well i'd love to touch on that with you in just a quick second Let's get to this. This conversation doesn't happen without partners of ours, like our friends at California Closets. And right now, this time of year, what an absolutely perfect time of year. You're in a position, you're trying to find the perfect gift for a loved one, someone you're sharing life with, sharing space with, and both of you know what your biggest issue is. What's your biggest stressor? It's the fact that you have no organization into your home. Could be the garage, could be the storage room, could be the family room, could be the bedroom, whatever it is. California Closets is providing custom storage solutions for your entire home. And one of the coolest parts about it, the consultation is free. What a neat way to celebrate the holiday season gift a consultation and maybe some budget toward a california closets makeover you can get that idea started today at californiaclosets.ca our friends at grand dog essentials quality raw food want to remind you that through the month of december they've got a special going on for real talkers you go to granddog.ca and you can see that through the month of december the chicken raw pet food blend that 40 pound box is on sale when you use the discount code december December 2023, all one word at checkout. The blend is suitable for cats and dogs, which is awesome. And the best part about it, the nutritional elements, it uses entire Alberta-raised chickens sourced from human-grade facilities. You're not going to get better quality when you're feeding your pets with Grand Dog Essentials quality raw food. Don't forget, they deliver to your door in Calgary, Edmonton, and Central Alberta. And if you're looking for a new opportunity in 2024, if you're an electrician or an apprentice, almost on your way to your ticket, Kubi Renewable Energy is hiring. If you're ready to elevate your career in the dynamic world of solar energy, you can join the team at Kubi Renewable Energy. They're not just building solar systems. They're cultivating the next generation of solar experts. They've got a fast-paced work environment powered by experienced professionals eager to share their wisdom. Check out the careers link at kubienergy.ca. Tristan Hopper, our guest, a national columnist based out of Victoria, B.C., with the National Post. Uh, let me ask you about this tweet, and, and we'll wrap with this. We're grateful that you're able to make time for us, Tristan. But but I noticed that you you, you put something out there, and uh, I just want to find it here. You you know which one I'm talking about. It was it was it was the assertion that right now, basically, moderates are, are, are fleeing the left. Like whether or not they're made to feel uncomfortable, uh, where where sort of the sentiments are going, whether it's some of the language that that uh, the so-called left 
left is using, it seems like there's some people that are getting a little bit less comfortable with it. Claire Lehman made the original uh, note on Twitter or X says, I'm starting to see quite a few center left people distance themselves from so-called leftists uh, due to all the genocidal pro-terrorist rhetoric. I mean, some loaded language there says a realignment is finally happening. And then you say you're getting a similar sense. Where do you see it? Why do you think it's happening? Uh, I'm thinking like uh, if I can use a hyperlocal example, I'm in Victoria and uh, you may remember our museum, um, which is a very good museum, unlike the Royal Alberta Museum. Um, Whoa! A few, a, f- a, few, uh, a few months ago, uh, this was this was the big provincial project. They were going to take the museum and the museum has some issues. I mean, it doesn't really get into the smallpox epidemic. It didn't mention Indian residential schools. So there had been consultations with First Nation groups saying, oh, we, we just change the museum, change the indigenous, you know, sort of make us part of the story. Represent us the same way you represent the settler community, you know, the Chinese Canadian community, you know. Treat us as normal people, please. So the province said, okay, we've heard you loud and clear. We're going to completely dismantle everything of this beloved museum because it's all dripping with colonialism and and, and racism. We'll completely strip it to the bones and then uh, rebuild it for a billion dollars. And then everybody sort of flipped out at this. So the, the museum has sort of dialed back. Uh, from that, they realized, you know, it's it's got this cool diorama of Captain Cook's ship. It's uh, it's got uh, Captain Vancouver's ship. It's got this awesome diorama of an old town. Uh, so they've realized we went too far. Uh, I mean, completely tearing apart this nice diorama of an old town that you can walk through because we got it into our heads that you know the, the mere representation of a turn of the century BC town is, is somehow racist. And, you know, so, but anyway, uh, they've sort of dialed that down. They've reopened old, old town and they're sort of, you know, dialing back to crazy. I think I'm seeing this. We can all point to any number of examples. This happened in the seventies. We all forget about this, but after the 1960s, you had some extremes. Uh, things got real extreme in the mid seventies. And then there was sort of a ratchet back. So I think there's any number of people in academia who have sat through meetings about having sort of race segregated classes as an anti-racism tool, um, you know, who have had weird DEI sessions, um, who are sort of saying, I think we've gone a bit too far. And that's, you know, particularly exacerbated over the last two months. You've seen some really extremist rhetoric coming out of some sort of high level places. And so what I think is going to happen is you're never going to have this reckoning of people saying, I, okay, we, we we took things way too far. We lost our minds. You're just going to quietly sort of forget that that ever happened. Uh, so I would compare it historically to the 1970s. You got a Jonestown, um, you know, you get uh, the weather underground is trying to blow up Congress and you're thinking, okay, maybe we, uh, we went a bit too far with this. Let's just kind of calm down. But so I, I would call it Quiet revolution in Quebec. Uh, everybody just wakes up one morning, stops going to church. Mm. Um, I think all the you know, so-called wokery. Um, I think a lot of it is just going to sort of disappear and we're going to forget that it happened. But do you think that it swings back like to the middle or do you think that things like does the pendulum continue that momentum? Like it's it's one thing to talk about how how how, you know, society or, or people's. I don't think it's going to so it should too far. So I often ask people to consider like, you know, what would it look like if it completely swung the other direction? Yeah. Um, so you had a conservative version of anti-racism training where, you know, you're a bureaucrat and you have to sit through Thomas Sowell training or, you know, you, you, mandatory reading of Adam Smith. I don't know. I don't think that's ever going to happen. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I mean, it may seem extreme just to return to zero because people forget how 
far we've moved in the last eight years. Like, you know, just in, in 2015, uh, something basic saying like, uh, you know, we understand trans people exist, but, you know, th there are two genders and obviously transitioning, you're becoming, so it, a lot has happened in the last eight years. So it may seem extreme to return to the mean, but uh, I don't see us getting as nutty on the right as we are on the left. I don't know, man. Here. It looks like Trump's getting elected again. And you could have suggested that Joe Biden and, and, and I'll be honest, like I, I, be voting for the Democrats if I was American right now, but I, I don't think Biden's a great candidate at all. Actually, I think he's a terrible candidate, to be honest with you. I think that there's two terrible choices, but um, the United States of America, if you look at polling in some of the big swing states right now, it looks like the U.S. is swinging back, and you can't just say to the Republican, it's not like a normal Republican. It's This is the most abnormal candidate yeah, yeah. Uh, in American history, probably. Well, that's what happens when you get rid of your, uh, your king. You know, you, you just lose your mind with all that democracy. We didn't do yeah, that. I so, guess. You know, I we'll guess. Be much more moderate. Yeah. Hey, man, we got to let you go. Uh, I, I hope that we haven't created uh, too much disturbance on the home front. It's always wonderful to connect with you. Wanted to do it before Christmas, and uh, it's great to see your face. Thanks for this, and keep up the great work. You too. Awesome. That's Tristan Hopper, uh, columnist with the National Post. You can follow him on Twitter at Tristan Hopper. And does of course, not, you can subscribe to his first reading <laughs> newsletter as well. Does not like our museum. I'll, I'll tell Tristan, we also have an aeronautical museum here. Oh, yeah. On the, the north the Edmonton, side of the Edmonton, Edmonton Aviation Museum, yeah, which I think has been looking for a new home for a while. Yeah. And they were supposed to. Have you ever gone through there? I have. There's the, there's these like old timers. Uh, these these you know basically former I, I, I guess they're either former Air Force mechanics mm -hmm. or just like body shop professionals or just handy folks that the majority of them are retired, not all of them. And they, they, they pour hundreds and hundreds of volunteer hours into rebuilding and restoring these vintage historic aircraft. Yeah. They've got and, one uh, right up front when you drive by. It's yeah. unbelievable. They have, a, I, they have like all kinds of like old fighter jets and the, the mm -hmm. ones I love are like the Bush planes and the ones, and the ones that have been used to fight wildfires through the years and everything. Yeah. The ones that have landed in like Alaska and the Northwest territories in in very, you know, d d dangerous conditions. And yeah. they, they do a great job of telling the stories. They show too the garb that the pilots used to wear. Yeah. Like Wap May and all these great pilots from back in the day. And you realize like these were like open cockpits and they're basically wearing leather jackets. <laughs> <I know. laughs> people were legends. But the reason I bring it up is like you'd think if a museum was going to be shut down, it would be a museum about articles of equipment that facilitate you know war yeah. but nobody's crying about the aeronautical museum yeah, yeah. oh uh, well yeah i don't know that's not a war museum though really well, you know it? what i mean uh, though. yeah i mean Just... it's, it's easy to celebrate fighting hitler in the third reich but, yeah very but, easy uh, I, I, we should have i i did want to be because we did ask tristan for a certain amount of time he's a family guy he's got to be so i didn't want to keep him too long yeah, i could see i him. did wonder what was up with the unsolicited shot at the royal alberta museum i think <laughs> maybe, maybe he's confused and he was trying to make fun of edmonton's downtown library maybe. which is the Stanley Milner Library is, yeah. a, is an architectural disaster, but uh, that's just my opinion. Drive um, by it every day. I wanted to note that Akhet, I, I hope I'm pronouncing the, the handle correctly in our live chat, says, you guys, this is like Obama's tan suit type discourse. Um, great reference. Uh, I would disagree just because, you remember this whole thing about people who were like, of course. critics of Obama. I mean, they were critical yeah. of everything. Gotta they didn't wear like blue, the, bla the, black, or gray. And you can always, yeah. you can always spot them mm -hmm. because they never... 
refer to him as Barack Obama. He's Barack Hussein Obama. They got to <laughs> yeah. get the they, they got to get, get the that. Hussein yeah. in there. Uh, but 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 you know they couldn't. You know he was he was unpresidential. He wasn't fit for oh, office. He wore a tan suit. You know what they hate? They hate that he's as cool as Michael Jordan. Right. They basically hate that he. If there wasn't limits on terms for presidents, mm-hmm. Barack Obama would be president for thirty years. Yeah. They basically did. They don't. The critics don't like that. But here's the difference. I think is that the Jugmeet Singh thing. Um, again, is it that? serious that he carries a Versace bag that he has two Rolexes that he drives a BMW like it's not the most serious thing in the world when we have like a housing crisis when you know people can't afford to feed their families uh, when we have like obviously environmental and climate crises there, there's bigger fish to fry than Jagmeet Singh's tote bag but optically when the leader of a party uh, perpetuates an optical issue, it's a political problem for the party, mm-hmm. right? For the party's viability, for the party's fundraising, for the party's growth, for the party's membership retention, right? All of these things. And so that's why I think it's interesting. And also on a show like this, where we can quite frankly take as much time as we want to explore an issue and just, you know, go on and go to the live chat and, and chew the fat a little bit. These are the types of things that I think most people are interested in talking about. Like we can talk about the carbon tax and should it be raised by $15 a ton and all that kind of stuff. But every once in a while, somebody's going to tune out to that and say, can we just talk about real life stuff? Like whether or not a so-called socialist politician should have a $2,000 handbag. It's the optics of it, especially nowadays. Affordability is the number one issue. Look, Singh, I love your vibe. I love your fashion style. But maybe just leave the Versace, the Gucci, the Rolexes at home for for just a year right now until we figure out a way to make, you know, life more affordable for Canadians. Yeah. And and then I guess also like like, uh, you know, is is he supposed to I don't knock him for owning it. But like, is he supposed to I guess he is kind of supposed to pretend like he doesn't like nice things. I mean, like you can't be. I mean, I, I'm just trying to think, like, mm-hmm. you know, what's the flip side, though? Do, do we? And I said this the other day, facetiously, but like, do we want him wearing like old burlap sacks, no. like old like coffee bags? You know, no. like, you know, you don't, you don't, you want him to pretend like he doesn't have style, pretend like he doesn't but you have brought taste. Up, you brought up like Barack Obama, like even when the Obamas went out with like Jay Z and Beyonce. He's still just wearing a suit. He's he's not wearing. Oh, I like, love that you're gold. trying to do. You this. know what I mean, though. He's you know Obama's not throwing on gold chains and Rolexes. He's he's very, flying private with Jay Z and Beyonce. I know, I know, and he's wearing very nice suits that obviously cost a bunch. But it's the extras, the extras that kind of the optics are like. You know, do you really need those extras? But at the same time, we talked about this before we went on air. Politicians are allowed to live a little too. They're allowed to have a few nice things to make them feel good. I don't knock them. And again, we looked at the bag. Eight hundred bucks. American, a yeah. thousand Canadian. It's not like he's walking around like some purses, some bags. You know, you saw them on the site. Ten grand, Man, twenty grand. Somebody on crazy. here. Who was it? Uh, I, I wish I could give you credit on this because you. Uh, you helped me learn something new today. Gosh, well, you know who you are. I apologize. There's just there's a lot happening in the chat, so it's going fast. I've lost your comment, but I did Google this. Somebody said it's a Versace bag. It's not the end of the world. They said at least they said it's not like it's a Birkin Ooh, bag. Do you know Birkin yeah. bags? So I didn't know until I saw whoever it was in the chat. Credit to you. Um, but but so I Googled as Tristan was talking. I Googled Birkin bags. Are you familiar with these? You can yes. buy them at Hermes in Paris. Yeah. So so it says that the Birkin bag can range from. Ten thousand to two million mm-hmm. 
dollars. The resale on bags in the states is crazy too. Like what? Versace, Gucci, Birkin. Like when you have like one that's been discontinued or is twenty years old, that's in incredible condition. It can be ridiculous, and I only know this. Shout out my partner JC because she watches Real Housewives and all those reality these are shows. The bags they have. They collect these like retro vintage bags, and some of them when they talk about them, oh, I've paid forty five thousand for this, and it's 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 a bag. It's a leather bag. That's all it is. So I I don't think a thousand dollar bag is that much. But you're right. When you're out on when you're out just going to work. Like he was, he's dressed down and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, you're gonna get caught on camera. You're get, people are gonna snap photos of you, and you gotta you gotta deal with what you comes gotta with just that. while you're the leader of the federal NDP, you gotta pretend like that's not your thing. I yeah. guess you gotta you gotta put away. I mean, I'm wearing a nice watch today. It's 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 I like, it's just a, t- t- a tiny it's a tiny portion. This is this is in the hundreds, not the thousands. Look at this guy. And this is a, look at this bad talking boy. about they, affordability with boy. his but, gold hey, watch. But listen, but this this watch I've had it for almost 15 years now. And it's less than a thousand dollars. A you Rolex. You're not yeah. getting into a Rolex, I don't think, for less than twenty. You can have a and few I'm pretty nice sure things. they're more than that. So there's. So you can wear a nice watch. You can. You know, and wouldn't it be a great flex for Jagmeet Singh if you wore a flashy watch like what I'm wearing today? And he got asked about it by a cynical reporter, and he got to say it was. Five ninety nine. Yeah, exactly. You know, wouldn't that be great? Or yeah. I saw somebody else in the chat joking around. Well, maybe his bag was a knockoff, and then people making points as well. What if it was a gift? Reset a gift. Although yeah, politicians totally. can't. I mean, it'd have to be from family. They can't accept those gifts. That's true. Unless you're in Alberta, where the UCP have lifted the limits on gifts that politicians mm-hmm. can receive. I've quietly wondered, and now I shall do it aloud. If that was prompted in part by my question of the premier, the last time she was on the show, do you mm. remember this? It was yes. right after the Heritage Classic when the NHL was at Commonwealth Stadium outdoors in Edmonton. The Oilers beat the Flames. No big deal. And I asked her, is it true that the ethics commissioner prohibited you from attending the Heritage Classic? And, and we were the only ones to ask her that question because we had the exclusive inside scoop. Mm-hmm. And she let us know that that was indeed true. Uh, and I told her that I thought that that was ridiculous. Some of you didn't like it, but I think that that's ridiculous. If the political leader of a province can't accept the invitation from the NHL commissioner <laughs> to hang out together and attend a game as they're trying to get an arena built down in Calgary. But anyway, a couple of weeks later, the UCP announces that. I don't know. Draw your own conclusions. She got to accept that heat pump. Live on TV, too, so maybe that's... You know what? I bet you, and, and you're joking, and that's a great reference. She couldn't have if, I unless they did it. I bet you she couldn't right? have, right? Because what would I the thought heat, of that immediately. What's a heat pump? Probably 1500 I don't of know. Of course. It's that's, probably 1500 bucks. Gift. My guess would be. Uh, these conversations, and, and just a second, a couple of your emails, uh, none of them kind to us, and that's great because you're holding our feet to the fire, and we love it. But we don't have these conversations without the support of friends like Friesen Brothers who want to remind you that you can order your Ukrainian-inspired Christmas dinner box right now if you'd love to have a Christmas feast fit for royalty. But you don't feel like doing all the work yourself. You'd rather spend quality time with your family. You can gather your loved ones together and just let them know the Christmas dinner is going to be ready as soon as it heats up in the oven. Spend more time with your family and friends and let catering by Friesen Brothers impress your guests with a chef prepared Ukrainian inspired Christmas dinner box. It comes with all the staples you'd expect. Plus you can customize it. Add on the extras. You can learn more by checking out cateringbyfreezen.com. We're trying to give you gift ideas for the person that's difficult or impossible to buy for. 
if it's your partner, if it's your spouse, heck, if it's your parents, why not gift them a consultation with Eden Landscaping? We all know there's that one person in the family that has ideas on what we could do to improve our outdoor space. Whether that's a water feature, a new retaining wall, who doesn't want an outdoor kitchen? Eden Landscaping does it all. And if you want shovels in the ground in the spring or even the summer, the best way to ensure that you stick to that timeline is to start the design conversation today. You can find Eden Landscaping, a custom builder with more than 20 years of amazing experience online at landscapeedmonton.ca. And we want to mention as well, our friends at Complete Care Restoration. So cool to find out just a short time ago that they're the only restoration company in the province of Alberta to be BMO Climate Champ certified. That means that they're keeping as much material as they can out of the landfill. A lot of companies, this doesn't even occur to them. They get the big roll-off bin in front of your house or your business, whatever it is they're cleaning up. Could be a, a fire site, could have been a flood there. Maybe it's just a bathroom or a kitchen renovation and all that material is going to the landfill, right? Well, not if Complete Care Restoration's on the job. They're proud to let you know that they average 71% of those materials being recycled. They're keeping material out of the landfill. It's just one of the ways that they're helping out planet Earth at Complete Care Restoration. You can find them online at completecarerestoration.ca. Tracy on the chat says, and yet we carry around $1,200 phones in our pockets and nobody bats an eye. I was just thinking about this yesterday, Ryan. The new iPhone 15 I was looking to upgrade from my 14. Just to buy it outright is $2,349. I never, I, 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 I never realized this. I mean, I do, but you don't think about it. You're holding two grand in your hand every day when you're yeah. looking at Instagram or whatever. Or leaving it in your unlocked locker in yeah. the gym it's or crazy. in your bag. It's crazy. I feel like a bad dad uh, because, you know, anytime that like little Noah Bear, our baby wants to like, he's fascinated at it, whatever he can reach on the table, whatever he can pick up. Mm. And he wants to pick up my phone. And I'm always like, no, 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 no. I'm like, no, no. Because he also loves to pick things up and throw them. And I'm like, I want you to explore the world around you, kiddo, but get your hands off my phone. Um, we had an interesting uh, couple of emails uh, land in our inbox, and we wanted to get to these today. Uh, so Travis and Lauren, uh, here you go. This is from Travis yesterday who said, Jespo, this, this email's been building for a while. I think it was our conversation with Adler yesterday that, that, mm-hmm. that, that kind of tipped him off. You know what? Why don't we go to the highlight on that first so we can set the table? We recognize not everybody catches every episode of Real Talk, but we were talking about COP28. We were talking about climate alarmism. We were talking about when you lose the general public with all the doomsday prophecies. But also, on the flip side, how do you ignore the fact that human life on planet Earth is directly threatened? That's a fact. You can argue me on it, but my mind's made up. We're on a limited time frame, just like the dinosaurs were, and we're bringing it upon ourselves. So how or where do you find the middle ground? To Travis's email in a sec, but first, here's Adler yesterday. We know that the reserves in the ground are much higher than what we can safely burn and still keep a stable climate. So that means there's one of two things that's going to happen. Either governments are actually going to come to some kind of agreement that we can't do that, in which case those reserves are all overvalued and this is a bad investment or civilization collapses and we won't burn those fuels anyways because we won't have markets and systems to burn them. At that point, the conversation's over because if you ask me, you know, the simple question, 
do you want to leave it all on the ground? I say, are you kidding me? No. I wonder if you end up losing people when you, when you, when you do that. You, you get the people who are hardcore for sure, but I wonder if you lose the, the people in the gray zone. But you're also going to be a chump because if, if you leave it in the ground, others don't leave it in the ground. Yeah. They're selling to your former customers. So that's all you're doing. You, you've got clients here. You're just tossing your clients over to somebody else. I mean, yeah. what, what have you actually accomplished? I know you can feel good about yourself. You can feel righteous, I, I suppose. It's a waste of time. I don't even think Joe Vipon believes that if you leave all, all of it in the ground in Alberta, Alberta and other provinces in Canada will never again see a wildfire. Listen, I'm, I'm going to land in the middle on this, and that's not a coward's position. That's a, that's a, that's a normal position, I think, to take on this, is that yeah. we don't immediately stop drilling. We don't immediately shut down our energy right. sector. That's, that's ludicrous. It's not feasible. It's not intelligent. It's like, like there's a million reasons why no. But also, uh, we do have to do some things. We do have to do something. We disrespect the planet every day. I'm not trying to say that it's the end of civilization, because I think when you do say that, it's the end of the conversation. That's that's my only criticism of, of Dr. Vipond. He's got so much to offer. But when he uses words like that, I think a lot of people uh, check out. Nobody's helping anybody if there's no economic activity and if everybody's unemployed. Like, that's a pretty obvious thing to say. Um, that's Johnny- one, reason you, one reason you can't leave in the ground. One reason you can't destroy the fossil fuel industry, because that's what fuels the next industry. Yeah. It's the present that fuels the future. Killing off the present, as I say, makes some people feel good. It doesn't do any good. That was Charles Adler on uh, our most recent episode of Real Talk responding to Dr. Joe Vipond, who joined us on our most recent Real Talk roundtable live from COP28 in Dubai. I love that roundtable, by the way. You can check it out. So, so Travis writes in earmuffs, kids. He says, you and Adler, fuck, have you two gotten painful to listen to? <laughs> Travis, Travis says, and it's all caps. Travis says, both of you saying we need to do something for climate change and believing it's real, but then you spend 10 fucking minutes complaining about doing anything and plastic straws, says Travis. I should have saved this for the flamethrower. How the fuck do plastic straws even register on your first world complaint list? Have a problem? Don't drink it as slow as a toddler. Uh, Travis says, I understand that when activists say that we're in dire straits and it's apocalyptic, uh, they can shut people down and folks will stop listening. But we have to start moving with some urgency and doing something. Also, Please stop carrying water for Danielle Smith. It's clear every time she's brought up. I'm a longtime listener as I love the diverse interviews, but fuck, he says, lately, it's painful. That from Travis. We appreciate you sharing. We do agree, and I'll just say I agree. The royal we agree that the situation is very serious and that we need to do something. The question is, what's the right thing to do? I don't know if you happen to see former American Vice President Al Gore absolutely roasting the COP28. Oh, oh yeah, I saw that, yeah. He basically says, nobody's taking this seriously. There's nothing coming out of this climate convention Mm -hmm. uh, uh, that's worth its weight, and we're not doing enough. This from the guy behind the documentary, of course, An Inconvenient Truth. So there is that general sense that there's not enough being accomplished at COP28. We heard from the UN Secretary General on yesterday's episode of Real Talk talking about how we're minutes away from midnight when it comes to the, the planet hitting that goal of keeping uh, the, 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 the temperature rise below a degree and a half Celsius. So the question is, what do you do? And the answer for different folks differs. A lot of people believe that it's carbon capture. A lot of people believe, most people believe, you got to reduce emissions. Some people believe that 
basically, uh, there's no need to slow down the fossil fuel industry at all in transition. And then I think that the average person, at least this is me speaking, recognizes that there's a period of transition. I think this is where most logical people land. And I think that this is where the big energy companies, you may refer to them as the oil companies, land as well. And that is that there is a current global demand. As a matter of fact, global demand for oil is rising right now. But there's a horizon that's approaching. And whether that's 15 years from now or 50 years from now, at some point, we won't be burning fossil fuels anymore. And future generations will look back in somewhat a sense of disbelief that we used to burn fossil fuels like we did. So you see energy companies investing in new technology. That's a good thing. There's probably some bridge fuels. Obviously, there's a lot of talk about stuff like natural gas. We've explored that on this show. And of course, a lot of folks will want the conversation to move toward things like hydrogen and nuclear power and the like. So we'll continue to have those conversations, Travis, and real talkers like you. uh, We just love uh, your passion, number one, and the fact that you take the time to send us emails. You know what the worst part is when when a conversation turns somebody off and instead of writing into the show to say how they feel about it they just never listen again Mm -hmm. that's worst case scenario we don't want that we don't want that no not at all we welcome your emails they don't always have to be scratching us patting us us on the back scratching us behind the ears right go ahead and yell at us all caps will reflect it when we read it swear yeah well (laughs) we don't need does anybody (laughs) need any more encouragement to swear i Um, love the cursing i I see somebody's trip Alyssa's chirping me for my for my pronunciation of of what was this store hermes h-e-r-m-e i don't know do you know it's like a luxury store? I believe it's pronounced Hermes. Hermes? Is it? Well, hey, but doesn't that make me look like the everyman? I'm the everyman. I can't pronounce places go. I can't afford to shop, right? I don't even know how to have, was it Lamborghini? No. Uh, okay. And then this from this from Lauren, and, and you're in the crosshairs on this one too, Johnny. So, so yeah, I wanted, thought we would wrap with this one because this is good. Uh, but Lauren starts with season's greetings. Right back at you. Uh, she says, I, I heard Ryan and John's recent discussion ar- around, in quotes, houselessness. Do you remember this? We were talking about homelessness, and you were talking about somebody that you saw on the train. Yeah. Uh, and she said, it seemed to mostly be a cheerleading session for the police, says Lauren. Uh, says the Edmonton cops, uh, we're getting local here, don't need an airplane, uh, which they neglected to tell citizens that they purchased, was only disclosed through a freedom of information request. They killed two people last week and immediately suggested publicly that there were weapons involved while this incident is supposedly under investigation by an independent body. I'm putting the emphasis on what she has in quotes. Um, I won't get too into that situation, but ACERT is investigating. It was an officer-involved shooting. There was a fatality. Uh, Police uh, say that they discovered a a, a BB gun type handgun replica on the scene, but there seemed to be some questions around when it was discovered, where it was discovered, whether or not anybody was holding it, and and we don't know the details on that yet, or, or at least they've not been made publicly available. Back to Lauren's email. She says, policing is hard, and the police have helped me more than once when I called them, but the law and order approach to the many folks living outdoors in our city uh, is not going to address root causes, uh, one of the most pervasive of which is extreme poverty. You know, you know, this show is seeking to understand, which is great. You're definitely part of the way to getting it, but you've missed a huge part of the story. The guy that Johnny talks about on the LRT with no shoes on is not going to get a break by giving more money to the cops by getting a ticket. Not giving him a ticket, I guess, is a start. But seriously, he has nowhere to go. 
if he can't even get income support from the province, he might have like, I don't know, 700 bucks a month for everything. There's no housing anywhere that he can afford. He has no household goods, no warm clothing, nowhere warm to sleep, no access to a bathroom, let alone a shower, no food, no proper drinking water. How can he even start to help himself? Lauren, you're 100% right. Says the lack of support for him and thousands of people like him across the country reflects our society's priorities, and it's appalling, she says. She says, think of the Edmonton police budget as a giant $425 million bowl of ice cream. Defunding the police to me doesn't mean that there should be no police. That's ridiculous. It means taking some of the ice cream out of that giant bowl and directing it to things like affordable housing. Why can't we build a whole bunch of housing on the large number of empty lots everywhere, single rooms, shared bathrooms, hire a couple of people to cook and a couple others to help people deal with other issues? I mean, it sounds simple. Lauren might not be. She says it would be way cheaper and way more effective than what we're doing right now. We're not doing it because we don't have the political will. Nobody wants this housing in their neighborhood. Bingo. It currently takes millions of dollars and many years to build a few hundred units. Meantime, people are living in tents through the winter. Some die in fires. Some have their limbs amputated from frostbite. And then they're sent back to the situation they just came out of with no bathroom, no food. I guess this must be okay with all of us because it happens every winter. We spend millions of dollars for so-called emergency winter shelters every year that keep people in perpetual misery. And then they're sent back outside every spring because there's still nowhere for them to go. We've been doing this for years. The problem's only gotten worse. Maybe we could have some real talk one day about why that is. Mm. She signs off your friend, Lauren. Great email. Well, thank you, Lauren. And I, I would say if you listen to the show, I, I, I'm not, we're not necessarily cheerleaders for the police. The, there are some instances where, especially that one where I said, hey, this is the bare minimum. This is something I like to see instead of someone yeah. just getting kicked off a train. I will say that I do have friends who are police officers. I was talking to you about that last week. I have friends who are EMS. I also have friends who have battled drug addiction. I have one friend specifically from high school back in the hometown I grew up in who battled houselessness, who a very prominent hockey player who had a bright future ahead of him, huh. lost everything, including access to his child uh, from drug addiction and stuff like that. So I wouldn't say I'm a cheerleader for the police. I was just seeing something that, you know, I thought was going to go a negative route and it went the other way. But I will say that I, v I very much agree with that email that getting someone a bus transfer and some shoes isn't going to raise them up out of poverty. But I'll counter that by saying, it's not the police's job to solve poverty in the city as well. So. Yeah, and like in the moment, what do you expect somebody to do, mm. right? In the moment, I think can, they did the best pe they could. Pe people can do the best and they that's can all I in to that see. moment. And 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 I uh, and I appreciate you know like you know so we will read the criticism on the show. We're more inclined to read the criticism than the praise. We appreciate the praise. I have a note here to thank Scott for his twenty five dollars super chat contribution the other day. Don't think that we didn't notice it, oh. Scott. We sure appreciate that. It's not all about the money either. We just we appreciate some of you have sent us Christmas cards. You sent them to to Mercer Warehouse, which we sure appreciate. Some of you have sent us kind notes on email. That means a lot to us. But we want to read the criticism out loud, and we want to read on the show because we believe that it furthers those conversations so when somebody says you know you're carrying water for danielle smith all the time uh if that lands that way with you then i want to address that with you i want to talk about that with you i think there's a lot of things that danielle smith is doing that her office is doing that are absolute lunacy I mean, we've talked about that. The Alberta pension plan, when have I ever spoken even remotely favorably about that? And Alberta police force, I don't think it's a smart idea. I think it's a waste of hundreds of millions
billions of dollars. And I've spoken upfront about that. I think that the response to some of the climate change stuff is insufficient, but there's also things that Daniel Smith is doing that are an improvement over the previous premier, like listening to people. And and so sometimes it comes across, if you want me to be, if you're used to the, my relationship with Jason Kenny and you expect that to look the same with Daniel Smith, they're not the same, but I'm not carrying water for her. If you feel like we're cheerleading for the police, another example, there are times where we'll be very hard on the police. And there are other times when this show will simply back the blue straight up. Like when two Edmonton police constables were gunned down and murdered, responding to a family dispute just several blocks north of our studio. In a circumstance like that, a lot of you were critical. Like some of you were actually critical of our support for the police on that day. I would never apologize for that ever. And as a matter of fact, you know who you are because I responded to you and I didn't pull any punches on that response. We make you one promise every single day. And that is that we will keep it real and if you ever feel like we're not we invite your criticism we believe it makes the show and the audience stronger call us on stuff i mean that's what 100%. i 100 percent. people keep asking me this on the street and at, at, at events and stuff and you know you guys think you're experts i'm like absolutely not that's why we have the experts on well we are experts we're, on some we're stuff. we're not investigative journalists we're not experts on anything well you know fantasy stuff. hockey i'm a bit of an expert <laughs> you know but music that, but, yeah, yeah but like, i hope none of my friends that's, that's that. why we bring the experts on so if we're just jamming and we say something stupid, by all means, call us on it. You bet. You know where to find us? Talk at RyanJesperson.com. Hey, coming up on tomorrow's show, we're going to be checking in with the co-hosts of The Discourse. That's Cheryl Oates and Erica Baroudis. We're going to play an episode kicking off that tomorrow. Hey, you know on this podcast they've had, they've received questions, like individual video questions from the Premier and the official opposition leader, both of them listeners to the new show. We love seeing that uptick we love the theme of it we'll be returning to our so-called roots talking alberta politics on wednesday's real talk real talk is hosted by ryan jesperson executive producer josh dunford technical producer john hicks general manager katie cook chivers account coordinator lawrence durlego Human Resources, Lena Shepard. Website Design, Mike Johnston. VoiceOver by me, Carrie Skelton. Real Talk's editorial board is Sapria Duvetti, Ahmed Ali, Brandi Morin, Anne Castleman, Corey Hogan, Harmon Candola, Catherine O'Neill, and Chris Henderson. Member Emerita, Julie Rohr. Real Talk is recorded in Edmonton, Alberta on Treaty 6 territory, the traditional and ancestral territory of the Cree, Dene, Blackfoot, Soto, and Nakota Sioux, home to the Métis settlements and the Métis Nation of Alberta. Real Talk is a Relay Project. For more, check out ryanjasperson.com.